In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death, rather it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble, because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble, because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. 
And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews were with her in the house, consoling her. Saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In today's very long Gospel reading from John, we find ourselves only a week before the great events of Easter, before entering on the way of the cross. And given the way things are at the moment, I think there is value in meditating on the way of the cross now too. To help with that, I've got a story for you. It comes out of 19th century France and tells of a young military officer, a bit of a lad, who made a bet with some of his colleagues. I don't know what the stakes of the bet were, but the challenge was that he was to go to confession at one of the big churches in Paris and confess to having committed every sin he could possibly think of going into as much detail as he could. And he did that, I guess thinking it was a bit of a laugh and he was pretty clever. After pouring out to the priest all the creative and weird and scandalous sins he could think of, 
There was just a long silence from the priest. And eventually the priest said, Now, my son, I want you to go back into the middle of the church and stand at the foot of the big crucifix over the screen. I want you to look up at the crucifix and say, You did that for me, and I don't give a damn. And I want you to keep on saying it as long as you can. The lad went to the foot of the crucifix as instructed and tried to say those words, and he couldn't. And not only could he not say those words, the story goes that he soon went off and joined a monastery. The point is, the way Jesus walked was costly, to say the least. And he did it for you, for me, for everyone. And there are many ways to try and understand his sacrifice of himself. The New Testament doesn't have just one model or symbolic language or framework within which to explore the depths of that mystery. But one way to look at it is that the real heart of sacrifice is obedience. The externals of sacrifice, that is, whatever the thing is that is offered to God, is less important than the obedience at work. And the reality of putting your life and heart and energy to the purposes of God. Our worship of God gathers up every part of our being into what we are doing. So when Jesus gave perfect obedience to the God he called Father, he reflected to God perfectly God's own love and self-giving. It's kind of like Jesus becomes a mirror. He is the one that represents all humanity and reflects to God perfect obedience on behalf of us all. You might recall the words of that hymn that goes, Look, Father, look on his anointed face, and only look on us as found in him. Often poetry says it best. And there's another really thought-provoking element in this gospel that I find intriguing. I don't know how much to make of it, but I do find it interesting that the home of these three key figures in John's Gospel is the town called Bethany. To understand why, you'll need a bit of Hebrew. Whenever you see a town named Beth something, it translates to house of. So Bethlehem means house of bread. Bethel means house of God. Bethsida means house of the hunt. And Bethany, where we find ourselves today, means house 
of the afflicted. Jesus chooses to be with those from the house of the afflicted. And in it, there is life and death. That's Lazarus. There's hard work, rest, love and care and intimacy. There is jealousy, scandal, questions of wealth and poverty, greed and generosity. There is, in a sense, a broad likeness of what happens when people get together with their varying ways of being and behaving, whether that be the family home, a community group, or a local church. This is humanity. This is us. And Jesus is right there in the middle of it. And he is for us all the way. Where the rubber hits the road with this, so to speak, is in what it might say to us today, as we are in the midst of a continuing global pandemic, as well as the efforts of our nation and other countries, in responding in ways that call for huge sacrifice from everyone. And saying that, I know that for many, the sacrifice has been forced on them through closures of business, loss of jobs, and the many other parts of life that are gone, which we have for a long time taken for granted. And as one currently in employment, I acknowledge I am hugely privileged. So, Jesus in the house of the afflicted, and Jesus as perfect obedience to the Father. With the former, the point is, Jesus is with us. Not only in times when we break bread together, that is, in the house of bread or Bethlehem times, or in a particular edifice which we associate with God, the house of God or Bethel times. God in Christ is with us too in Bethany, the house of the afflicted, and stands alongside us as a resurrection and life. The sisters Mary and Martha sent a message to Jesus saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. And similarly, there are many out there right now whom the Lord loves who are ill and many who have died. Lord knows, metaphorically speaking, we prefer Bethlehem and Bethel to Bethany. But that touches on the other aspect of this, the sacrifice of obedience. What does that require of us? The obedience that takes us the way of the cross. Jesus said that our cross is something we take up daily it's not necessarily a one-off crucifixion kind of deal that he himself experienced. As awful as it is, 
As much as it seems to go against the grain of rallying together in times of crisis, the sacrifice that can save the lives of others that is asked of us at the moment is actually to stay away from those other houses which we have come to find the Lord in, and rather to seek God in the houses of affliction in which we now must dwell for a time. In coming to be with us in the flesh, in walking the way of the cross, which cost everything to empower us and show us a truer and better way of being human, Jesus showed us the great value in which God esteems humanity. And we must treasure that value in others especially at this time, when we are all, in some way, in that house of affliction. Those whom the Lord loves are ill, and we must care for them, because the Lord deems them, and us, worth it. The Lord be with you.